You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Welcome to The Dev Show. I'm Deborah Eckerling, author of Your Goal Guide and founder of The Dev Method, which is my system for goal setting simplified. My vision is to give you the tools, inspiration, and motivation you need to figure out what you want and help you make a plan to get it. Let's get started. I'm so thrilled. Today's topic is self-sabotage. And come on, is there anybody who has never either experienced it, watched it like watching a car wreck, or just been exposed to self-sabotage in some way, shape, or form? Probably all the above. And I have wonderful, wonderful guests today. And first we have... MJ Deborah, who's another mango, uh, mango author of a bunch of books, including the Badass Black Girl series and Mango Acquisitions Editor. And this is actually the first time we've had a conversation. And I love these shows for many reasons, but including the fact that I get to meet people who I wouldn't normally get to have a conversation with. So MJ, I'm thrilled that we finally get to chat. And we also have Tara Reinbold, and Tara is another newish friend, and she is doing the Secrets to Career Success Summit in August and invited me to be on it. And I'm like, well, then you have to be on my show, and we're like this. And then Annie P. Ruggles, I just met a week ago, and I said, we just had such a fabulous conversation. I'm like, you have to come on to talk about self-sabotage. And she's like, you asked, the answer is yes. So here we are. Expect a fun, exciting, and informative, and again, fun, conversation on a relatively serious topic because self-sabotage is very common and something people don't mean to do, but do. Anyway, But before we dive in, I am going to let my guests, well, I didn't really introduce them. I just said how awesome they were. So I will let them uh, introduce themselves, and we'll start with MJ. Thank you so much, Deborah. I'm so excited to be here. I'm a great fan of your work. Thanks for having me here. I'm MJ. I'm the author of the Badass Black Girl book series, and I'm now working on a book series for Black boys as well. So um, I'm really excited about upcoming titles. I'm an educator. Um, I've been in education for more than a decade, and I really enjoy uh, working with parents and making life better for kids, helping them grow into confident adults. So I'm excited to talk about self-sabotage and how to avoid it today. Excellent. Well, thank you for being here. And so Tahara, uh, welcome. And why don't you introduce yourself? Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to be here today. And I love talking with other women about this topic because it's something that is near and dear to my heart um, because it's something that I struggled with for years. And it's really important in my work and what I do. So a little bit about me. 
I came from the human resources world and decided to leave and then pursue life coaching, which in some ways for those of you that are no HR, we're kind of like armchair therapist. It's very, it makes sense in retrospect going this route, but ultimately I help women rediscover it is who they are and on the road to overcoming burnout. That is ultimately what I do. I help them overcome burnout. And the goal is to reclaim that happiness that they once had. Uh, And part of that journey ultimately is figuring out how do we self-sabotage ourselves. So I'm very happy and thankful to be here today to have that conversation with all of you lovely ladies. So thank you, Deborah. Well, and and I am thrilled too. And I remember the first conversation we had, I was like, we're like this because the death method, it's foundational. You figure out what you want and you build from there, which spoiler alert, I talk about on your summit. But that's really the thing is to think about what you love and incorporate it into your life because in a lot of ways, it makes all the difference. And it's a way to combat self-sabotage. Annie P. Ruggles, welcome. Thanks, Deborah. We met at, we were at a networking event together, but we didn't meet each other. And then I get a LinkedIn request from Annie saying anybody who names a system after herself has to be my friend. I stand by that assessment. And I love your whole, the non-sleazy sales academy persona you've created. So uh, tell us about uh, yourself, but also what led you to come up with just such a catchy sort of brand? Thank you for all of those compliments tucked into that question. I uh, am so thrilled to be following Tara because my company was born of burnout, 100%. And burnout for me was the form of self-sabotage I was doing that I'm sure we'll get into later, which was sales avoidance. I didn't want to sell. I had no interest in what I thought selling was. And so I just marketed and marketed and marketed and marketed and marketed, which was costly and exhausting and didn't really bring in things in the way that they should. So I was in marketing and branding myself at that point. I still love those things very, very much. But the way that the Non-Sleazy Sales Academy was born was I was watching my clients, my brilliant, genius, do-gooder clients fall down three inches from the finish line by not asking. And I said, where are they getting this from? I realized they were modeling me in my own self-sabotage and I set out to change it. And now here we are. And in terms of the brand, I just wanted it to be the most obvious freaking name on the planet so that I never had to explain it. I just said it and they took it out. They took it. I love it. Fantastic. Sometimes being on the nose is really, really good. Yeah. Well, just jump right in because you've all touched on it a little bit, but let's just ask the question, what is self-sabotage? And we're going to go start with Annie or Annie P. Uh, To me, self-sabotage is, or I guess self-sabotaging behaviors are the actions that we take that lead us directly away from what we want. I agree. I agree too. I mean, talk about (laughs) stating the obvious. And just to go back to your intro a little bit, I love how you created something that was a solution for you. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of people, I mean, that really is the definition of disruption is figure out what your challenge is 
find a solution and tell everybody. Doing things that lead you away from your goal? Absolutely. MJ, anything to add to that definition? It's the perfect definition. You want somebody, you want something and you do everything you can not to get it. Some of it is con- conscious. You know exactly what you're doing. You're trying to avoid numbers. If you hate numbers, you don't want to send those invoices because you just hate having to send them. And some of them are subconscious. For instance, um, not no knowing no part of you knows that you should say no more often and you keep mm-hmm. saying yes that's you you're not thinking about it as you're doing it it's subconscious but part of you knows that it's wrong and that it's making you busier than you already are and keeping you away from doing what you really want to do and getting to your goals and Hera something to add um I guess I would add two things. I started looking at, and honestly, it's not necessarily the definition in itself of what we're talking about. I think we've totally covered it. I think it's more under the umbrella of the topic of self-sabotage. I view self-sabotage as a behavior that once was a coping mechanism that no longer serves us. In fact, it negatively impacts us. You know, procrastination or perfectionism, for example, may have helped you in the past, uh, but it no longer serves you in the present. And you talked on this, MJ, is you kind of have a feeling, you kind of know about it, but <laughs> but uh, most of us, the issue and why it's self-sabotaging is we don't ever explore that inkling that something's off and I shouldn't be doing it. I shouldn't do this. Right. So because of that, we continue down that path and then, you know, we're further away from our goal than when we first started. All you're doing with self-sabotage is you're getting in your own way of your goals, Mm -hmm. period. Period. End of sentence. Self-sabotage is is throwing up roadblocks. I love what you were saying, MJ, about saying yes when you know you should say no. That topic comes up all the time on my goal chat, Twitter chat, because people do. They say yes because, or they do things that other people think they should do, and they sort of embrace what other people's goals are for them. And it really is, a, it's sort of like a mixture of what everybody is talking about. You start with you. What do you love? What can you do that's going to do good in the world using your background, expertise, experience that you love and anything against that or listening to the voices, whether they're in your head or from other people, that's also (laughs) a problem. And so this leads to the next question, which is why do people sabotage their own progress or success? Do you have an answer, Tara? Um, it's not, again, I think it goes back to the coping mechanism and just like MJ kind of touched on subconsciously, for example, um, if I pick apart my perfectionism, it's something that I've always struggled with. It's something that led me to burn out in the first place because I was so busy. I like to call them like the three, the trifecta, the three P's, people pleasing, perfectionism, and procrastination. They all, one leads to another that leads to another. But I can kind of circle it back to growing up, I always wanted to fit in. And in order to fit in, I had to 
have people like me, right? So, and then having people like me, I also, I said, yes, I was a yes person, whatever you want. Okay. That's me fitting in. And then on top of it, I can think of several situations that I, if things didn't go perfectly my way, I'd get embarrassed. Right. So then that's when perfectionism kicked in and I tried everything in my power to control the situation so that I would never feel like I was competent or like I was stupid. Like I felt like I am in control. I'm the expert here. You know, so that fueled that behavior. And then both of those fueled me to procrastinate. So it's kind of like a round robin. So I think people they 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 do it unintentionally and they don't know that they're doing it is 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 I guess why they do it. And they do it because it was created out of a, to try to protect you, you know, like what people want, I want people to like me. So here's what I have to do to to get people to like me. So that self-sabotage behavior was really born out of protecting you. But again, uh, it just no longer serves you. And you have to kind of realize like, what is it that is your ailment. You know, we all are different and we all have different self-sabotaging behaviors, but you kind of have to get to the root of it as to like what caused this behavior to begin with, because in our professional lives, you know, the same situations are going to keep coming over and over and over again. So if you don't know what it is that's fueling you to behave the way that you do, then you're going to keep doing it. And you're going to continue to self-sabotage and you're not going to be able, you're going to be like, wow, it's three months in and I I haven't even tackled the goal that I I meant to three months ago. And that's because of self-sabotage. When you're talking, the thing that also that keeps going into my mind, which you probably can speak to as well, is like people who stay in jobs way past their prime. They know that they can't move up in the company and they stay there anyway because it's much easier. Well, I guess people stay in jobs and other relationships and all that is self-sabotage because it's easier to stay with the devil you know than to choose yourself and change. And I think we all believe choosing yourself and changing is going to make that difference. I see Annie is like nodding furiously to this. So please. Well, I was going to say the devil you know, right? That's exactly what I was going to say because I completely agree with Tara that it's a combination of comfort and self-protection, right? But the best definition of anxiety I've ever heard is preparing for your worst possible outcome by imagining all roads to that outcome. And I think sometimes we use up our energy that way. So if I'm going to get rejected... I'm going to reject myself first. If I'm going to get, if this is not going to work, I need a reason it's not going to work. And I need a definitive reason. So it may as well be my fault. If I'm going to put this out there and it's going to blow up in my face, well, then I better be prepared for it to blow up in my face. And so it's so interesting that these behaviors that we know are counterintuitive feel so much more productive in some aspects because we're going, well, I'm being smart. I'm being safe. I'm taking my time, 
right? I mean, that's one of the main things I hear from procrastinators and perfectionists all over the world. I'm taking my time. I want to do this right. No, it was right 45 minutes ago and it was right three days ago. Send it out now. But we're waiting for that kind of signal that if I put this out, it will be rejection proof. Or if I make this step, it will go okay. So I'm just going to delay, 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 or tweak and tweak and tweak and tweak and tweak until I think I have the smallest possibility of that outcome that we've almost already assumed is going to happen. And I see that all the time on sales calls. People get on these sales calls assuming the person's going to say no. So even if the person is flailing, yes, yes, enthusiastic, wallet in hand, the seller is not hearing that because the seller is anticipating the no. So many times when I self-sabotage, when people I love self-sabotage, it's because what we're anticipating and what we hope for are not the same. Wow. It's really funny you said that because I usually give the opposite advice. I tell people you go into the difficult conversations assuming you get the outcome that you want. So I guess that is the opposite of self-sabotage. I don't know what word that is. Success? Self-actualization. Ooh, even better. happen, right? I mean, if we are creating that of us, if we are in alignment, whether you subscribe to the woo version of alignment or the non-woo version of alignment, it's all the same thing. Am I pushing myself in the direction that I want to go? Or am I stalling my own progress? Or if I'm really in full-blown self-sabotage, am I driving the car to a completely different location, right? That's all based on moment-to-moment, day-to-day action. I know you're reading my book. You do know my book is a road trip, right? Yeah, Yeah, it's got arrows all over it. (laughs) I was just wondering if that analogy was on purpose. It probably was. Crept into my subconscious. You got into my brain, <laughs> So, MJ. Yes. Your thoughts on why people sabotage their own progress, success, finding the life they want, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I think a big part of it is the lack of self-awareness. Because we spend so much time with ourselves, we just assume that we know we know ourselves. But um, actually, there are a lot of people don't spend enough time really finding out what they stand for, what they want. There is this chaos in our brain, right? The person we are, the person we want to be, the, the person other people perceive, and all those um, assumptions and stereotypes that people have about us. And it's it's all part of all those thoughts going through our head. And we need to take time, I think, every day to sort it all out. Um, sometimes, you know, you'll have, you won't think outside the box. You won't think big enough because you're thinking other people's thoughts. Maybe someone who didn't think that you were good enough for him or that the profession you chose is not the one that you choose you should have chosen and you start doubting yourself and taking actions to justify um, feeling when it's not even your voice that you're listening to you're listening to other people's voices um, if you take the the example that we all know of girls are not good at math and you're trying to do to, to be in business and you keep thinking maybe that's not what I should do maybe um, 
I'm not good enough at this because I don't have the natural predisposition for um, dealing with big numbers, big amounts of money, right? So I think it's really important to get to know what you what you want, uh, who you are, and also remember to to be your biggest cheerleader so that every day you start the day knowing that you can do what you what you're doing. I love that because cheerleading, you know, I've got the gold stars. Everybody in in whenever I speak on a panel or do a workshop, I start with the gold stars because you chose yourself. And I agree with everything you were saying. I don't think it can be underscored enough. It starts with choosing yourself and what you love and and the the toot you're worn. You know, find the people around you that are going to encourage your behavior, the good stuff, right? Absolutely. I mean, particularly coming from another country, I was born in Haiti. I spent half my life there. So I always assumed when I came here, well, I'm not American enough. I don't know enough of, of the culture. So I would justify um, not being successful this way. And then, oh, my God, I have an accent. Nobody understands me anyway. And then um, I'm like, okay, I'm putting limits. And you're not doing it consciously. It's all happening in the background. You're thinking those things for like a fraction of a second. And before you know it, it becomes who you are until you realize that you're doing it. That's where the self-awareness comes into play uh, through journaling, through just spending time with yourself, meditating, going for walks and um, having an inner conversation. That's how you discover, oh, why do I think this about myself? I'm, I'm very successful. And yet I... I I keep thinking that an accent is going to make a difference. Um, and you start realizing, well, actually having an accent shows that I know about many cultures because I know about my home country and my, my, my new country. And just reminding yourself of those things because otherwise, if you don't question those, those very brief thoughts, they, they're like a nanosecond, really. They keep amplifying. And before you know it, you're feeling. And you've touched on this a little bit already, but what are some other common self-sabotaging behaviors? So the negative self-talk, I think, is huge. Other people's influence, also huge. But what are some other things that maybe people don't realize that they do that are self-sabotage behavior? I think for one, being we talked a little bit about that, um, not being able to say no. So being too busy, you end up dealing with so many things that there's absolutely no time to to do them correctly. And um, it, I think a lot of women deal with this because we feel that it's our responsibility to do so many things. We have to be a daughter. We have to be 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 a uh, a companion. We have to be a friend. We have to be everything all the time. So being busy is definitely one way that we self-sabotage. Um, another way is not to understand ourselves. Um, we've talked a little bit about that. Um, I think worrying too much is also a form of self-sabotage where um, we want everything to be so perfect. We want, we worry about, oh, what if I fail? And we imagine the worst um, scenario, 
okay, what if you fail? You tried. I mean, it's it, failing is better than not trying at all. Um, so I think those three, and me, we talked about procrastinating a little bit and also not asking for help. I think um, it's connected to being too busy. It's connected to that feeling of isolation. I think that people really need to learn to delegate. Um, one thing to do everything yourself is a recipe for failure. Make sure that you do the things that are you. If Annie is going to do something, it has to be something that any and only any can do. If it's anything that anybody can do, then any shouldn't be doing that. Oh, I like that. If it's something anybody could do, you shouldn't be doing it. So, so go to the the thing that that you love, that you excel at, that you're best at, and delegate everything else. Exactly. And Hera, you were about to say something. I was just going to say, you know, another common one. I love what MJ just highlighted, though, because what the summit solo is: women, we try to do everything. We try to be everyone, everything for everyone else. We want to do it perfectly, and we just. We never take the time to slow down in the busyness. And then also what MJ said, it kind of refers back to what I said and what Annie P said, because it kind of what I got out of what you said, Annie, was that you're intense. You've already had the intent in your mind. Like, I am going to fail at this and I already know it. So I'm going to self-sabotage. And you can figure that out, that you're going into self-sabotage mode if you start to have like a daily practice with yourself become self-aware and you can also figure out through self-awareness if you are going into your you know safe zone of I just I'm going into perfectionism mode because I want to make sure that the people around me um, like me and that everything's perfect, right? So it all kind of stems back to having that self-awareness in order for you to get yourself out and, and know what your intentions are. So I really love that. And the busyness, I think that um, we're so busy going through the motions in life. You know, we go to work, we come home, we feed the kids, we have maybe an hour left or whatever, and we're just exhausted. So we come up with this false narrative that we just don't have enough time. It's just our circumstances, but this is normal. This is just like how everybody is going through life, but that's not the reality. And 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 the reality of it is, is that we're getting in our own way in some way, shape or form, and there could be a better way. Um, so, and, and, and it all comes back to becoming self-aware that, Hey, these, I, I'm normalizing this and it's not in my best interest. I think the getting in your own way is so key and it's been said in different ways, but that's really the crux of self-sabotage. Annie, do you have some other behaviors you want to add to this laundry list of things that we do? We don't have that long, so I'm going to prattle these off. Here we go. Violating your own boundaries, allowing other people to violate your boundaries, not setting boundaries, over-delivering is a huge one that I see, not self-advocating when you're being mistreated, Uh, not taking up space, 
that one is especially hard for women. And I've heard especially hard for people of color. I can't speak to that one directly, but I've heard it more than once that the idea of like, let me turn my light down. Let me dim. Let's deflect attention from me. Let's be smaller or uh, misfiring empathy. I'm going to take everything of yours onto me without being asked misfiring humility. Oh, thanks so much for saying that, but I don't really want to hear this compliment right now. Oh, eh, eh. People do this on sales calls. Wow, your program sounds amazing. Well, I'm not the only person on the internet, so thank you for saying so. What, why do we do that? That is to take up less space. That is turning down our specialness, our light, and I see it so often. Um, but yes, definitely, if you have set a boundary and you let people walk all over it, most of the time the person walking all over it is you. Wow. I think this is what the term mic drop was made for. Boundaries. Yes, absolutely. And you're right. People, but so now I'm going to ask you a question that you can decide if you want to answer or not. It's like a bonus, but not. Um, can any or all of you share a story of when you were self-sabotaging and how you got out of it? I've told this story many times, so I'll be quick. Um, one thing that I, I used to love to present um, growing up, I just loved it. I don't know why. I think maybe, actually, I do know why. I think it was because I was confident in in uh, my delivery, and I like getting up and speaking in front of people. So senior year of high school came, and I had to get up in front of 2,000 people, and then I had to do another assembly of 2,000. So I'm all excited about this presentation that I have to give to my entire school. And um, mind you, I'm real confident in presenting, right? And then I do, and I think that I'm funny. I think I'm hilarious. I'm like throwing all these jokes in there, and it's complete crickets, complete silence. And I go from the confident person to my voice shaking. I mean, it was just pretty rough. And then maybe 20 minutes later, they filter out and the next 2,000 come in. And then this is when I had the aha moment, like, oh, I'm not witty either. Because if I was witty, I'd be able to recover and come up with something really clever to just nail it, right? But no, that wasn't me. So it was like I, the next presentation went even worse. So after that point on in college, uh, all the way into presenting in human resources because I oftentimes had to speak in front of colleges, in front of leadership and, and so forth and our employees. But every time it would come to it, I would have this, I would go into perfectionism mode. Everything has to be absolutely perfect on my PowerPoint. I have to I have to present to myself and to my family a million times before I get up. Whereas my behavior before was... It's not that I would just wing it, but I didn't feel the need to go home over, you know, hours and hours and present and, and try to prepare like I did. And then also all with perfectionism and, and trying to, to control that, I never felt at ease ever, even though I put hours of time into doing it. So finally... Uh, it came to presenting online again. And I'm like, I've got to get over this. What is it? So I finally figured it out. It was that one moment that I had such humility, like a slap in the face, like you, 
suck at presenting. So you need to figure out how to not suck. And that was my way of figuring it out. I would just go into perfectionism mode. So that that's one of the ways that I self-sabotaged in the way I finally figured it out. Because I'm like, there's got to be, like, what happened? There was a before and there was an after, you know? Like, what, what, when did this happen? <laughs> so, yeah. Wow. Well, thank you for, for sharing that. And now I know why <laughs> we had a conversation the other day and I said, Tara, just put it out there. Now I know why I had to say that to you. <laughs> yes, I, I have a, I have a, I'm a recovering perfectionist for sure. <laughs> well, and recovering perfectionism is, is perfect because <laughs> I do not realize that I said that until the, I watched the word bubbles come out of you my mouth. Right into it. <laughs> but it's, it goes back to the self-aware. It, it's, it's a very common theme in a lot of these goal chat live conversations is know thyself, know what you're good at, know what you love, do more of what works, do less of what doesn't work. And yay for for getting through it. Because as someone who also loves talking, the difference is, I know I'm not funny. Unless I'm, if I'm trying to be funny, I'm definitely not funny. Occasionally, I'm amusing. But I learned not to try. Anyway, MJ, do you have a story? I don't have a real story. I have two anecdotes, I guess. Um, the first one is professional. I got offered a promotion when I was a teacher, and I basically convinced them not to give it to me because I was so insecure. <laughs> that was one of the biggest mistakes of my career because um, they wanted me to become department head. And I was like, oh, are you sure uh, that there's no better choice among all other people? And it was just my insecurities talking. I had the qualifications. I had the experience. I definitely, definitely ha had the years. But in the end, I convinced them to get someone else. And she had the same um, resume that I had, but she was like, oh yeah, I'll do that. Um, so that, that's one anecdote to show you how bad it can get. And the second one is how long I stayed, um, in a relationship in my personal life, uh, just because I was self-sabotaging, I wasn't happy. I wasn't being treated well, but I didn't think that I deserved any better. And um, we talked earlier about those voices in our in our in our heads, right? When we're not sure uh, which voice is our own, which voice is um, that of society. I came from a very conservative environment, and leaving was just unthinkable to me. And so I was self sabotaging by just respecting um, what other people wanted. Um, instead of looking at what I wanted. So that's another example, just staying in a eight year relationship just because I um, I was not self-aware enough. I was too busy to even leave. I was working so much that there was no time to even think about where that relationship was going. So being too busy is definitely one, one of those things we do um, to self-sabotage. And are we correct? in thinking that you are no longer in that relationship? 
oh my God, I'm so happy now. I'm in a new relationship. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, so sabotage at this level doesn't exist anymore. I got, I got my gold store. Thank you. <laughs> Annie. Oh, you just want one example of a time that I sabotaged myself and got out of it? Because I got about 706. Um. Pick one, your one or two favorites. Okay. Uh, Well, one of them, I mean, I sound like a broken record, but the reason I teach sales now is because of how sales avoidant I was. And one of the main things I would do is I would get somebody onto a discovery call or a clarity call or a free consultation or whatever you want to call it. And we'd really be vibing. We'd be having this like amazing conversation. I'd be loading them up with a whole bunch of homework. And then they'd be like, whoa, that's groundbreaking. Whoa, my mind has totally changed. Annie, we got to work together. And I go, okay, cool. Yeah. Um, someday. Yeah. Um, sure. I would, I would, I would love to work with you. Let me get back to you in a couple of weeks when I uh, have something to show. Thanks so much for your time. Bye. And I would hang up. Why would I do that? I had a website sitting right freaking there, ready to go with a buy button on it. They'd say, I want to work with you. And I'd go, right. I wouldn't get there until finally I realized that like I was going rapidly broke and had to start asking. But the other was, um, I think even harder for me emotionally, because once I started asking, I really loved it. But something ongoing that I struggle with, is just plain old image issues. I happen to think I'm quite cute, but I'm a very curvy, very loud faced, very expressive girl. And when the advent of Facebook Live first happened, all of my advisors were like, you got to get on Facebook Live. You got to get out there. Put your face out there. Do it. And I would spend like two hours a day doing my freaking hair. Why? Why was I doing that? A, it was procrastination. But what I had to do to get out of that and self-protection, like we talked about before, was I had to sort of just boldly take a giant leap in the other direction to prove to myself that I wouldn't die of embarrassment if I just did it. And so I made a video where I took the heels of my hands, I took my makeup, and I smudged it all down my face. I put on my rattiest t-shirt, and I went like this to my hair. And I did a video like this. And I just called it, if I don't die during this video, you won't die either. And <laughs> it was horrifying. And then I look back on it and I'm like, that might be my best video ever because I am just letting it all hang out. Like, this is so much better than I looked in that video. Like, I think I took up the nose shots intentionally, but I just like had to prove to myself that if I put myself out there boldly, bravely, Maybe it won't work. It's all a grand experiment, but I'm not going to die. So I may as well just do it. Now, let's <laughs> <Bravo. straighten my laughs> I love that story. It, it really goes to the whole, if you don't ask, the answer is always no. Yep. If you don't put yourself out there, you have no idea what the possibilities are. A hundred percent. And if yeah, you don't put yourself out there, the people that need you can't find you. Will you say that again? If you don't put yourself out there, the people that need you can't find you. And that's personal and professional. If MJ hadn't gotten out of that toxic relationship, MJ couldn't find their new wonderful relationship, right? If you don't put yourself out there, the people that need you can't find you. Love it. So we have this uh, one way to combat self-sabotage is to 
bulldoze through things. What are some other ways that people can combat self-sabotage? Tara? Well, I always have people start with the self-awareness. That's where I have people start because for everyone is a little bit differently. You know, we all self-sabotage a little bit differently. And I always say, you don't, if you can't fix the problem if you don't know that you have a problem to begin with. So that's where the self-awareness comes in. And then after that is kind of when you tackle You know, for example, Annie just mentioned that she kind of likes to bulldoze her way through things, you know, whereas MJ may have a totally different approach because that's just not going to necessarily work for her. So, like, maybe MJ has to um, create a list of fact versus fiction. These are the thoughts that I'm experiencing. I'm not worth it. I'm not this. And I have to put on the other side of the piece of the paper of you're in, you're a published author. You are amazing. Like, why are you telling yourself that you're not accomplished? Look at this accomplishment. So that's one way that I do help my clients, I guess, is that the fact versus fiction, because our thoughts, you know, a lot of times that though that's the fiction, that's the story that we keep telling ourselves and like she said, it's fleeting, you know, it, you, you, it's, it's a thought that you think, oh, I'm not going to give, I'm not going to pay that much attention to it. But what you don't realize is that it's in the background running how you behave. And one thing that I didn't touch on earlier, but with the self-sabotage, essentially what happens is it becomes a habit. And that's what you don't realize is when you're put into similar situations of maybe it's like Annie talking about visibility, getting out there as an entrepreneur, and you keep trying to procrastinate because you're afraid that you're going to, you know, fail if you put yourself out there. You know, as you move into the world and say she does another, a different business adventure and she has to get visible, she may have done that habit too, so many times that you're, you automatically start taking that behavior. And that's why you don't realize that you're doing it. That's why the self-awareness comes in because you don't realize that you're kind of on autopilot doing these you know, negative self-sabotaging things to yourself and you have no clue that you're doing it because you've been doing it for so long and you don't even realize that it is self-sabotage. So I kind of digressed a little bit. I don't even know if I answered the question, so I'm sorry. (laughs) It's fine. We're we're just chatting. Everything goes. and, And I like the fact versus fiction list. I often tell clients to do a win list. So every day, write down one, two, three wins. And that way, when you're having a rough day, you can look back on it. But I also really like the whole fact versus fiction thing, because it's our mind has so much power over us. And if you just lay the facts out there, you know, plain as day saying this is the truth. Hmm, I am amazing. I love that. <laughs> that that's just fantastic. MJ, Thoughts on combating? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, one thing is to treat yourself like a friend. I mean, we're 
we treat other people so well. We're cheerful. We, we've got their backs. We, we're there for them. But when it comes to us, very often, we, we have the kind of inner dialogue that we would be embarrassed to admit um, <laughs> in front of other people. So, I mean, be, be gentle with yourself. Um, I, I love the idea of journaling. I do a lot of journaling where I think about my day, but I really use kindness to write about it. Because ever since I decided that I have to have my own back, I started really seeing the day with different uh, different eyes, right? You see um, all the things that you did right and you give yourself hope of fixing whatever did not go the way you wanted them to. I love the H word, the hope word. It's so important. And we we recently had a show on resilience. And that's really what life is all about. Being resilient, going through life, being your best you. And don't sabotage it. You're awesome. Right? Right. <laughs> so, Annie... Do you have something to add on combating or do you have something or 10 to add on the combat? One. I have one this time. I promise I've distilled it down to one thing, which is that a small dose of accountability goes a really long way personally and professionally, right? There's been a million studies that say if you're trying to get healthy, find a team, find a squad. Uh, if you're battling cancer, start a care blog, right? Do all of these other things to keep your spirits up. But for me, one thing that radically changed my perfectionism and procrastination is when I hired my assistant. My assistant has a schedule she has to keep in order to keep me happy. She needs stuff from me. I have to get to those things to her on time. I am accountable to her. I don't have time to sit there and look at an email for eight hours going, should that be a question or a sentence? Is this too long? Should I use this image? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Because she's sitting there going, tick, tick, I need this email so I can fulfill your timeline. So finding people both professionally and personally who understand your vision, who understand your goal, and will walk that path with you, hold your hand, and hold you accountable. Uh, I My uh, right on online Facebook community where you can set and report on goals and shoot your horn and share what's going on and make new connections. But I have a client who overthinks and I told her she had 20 minutes to write a blog post and there was crickets on the phone. And I'm like, okay, you can have an hour because she's spending eight hours writing blog posts. And that's never okay. I don't let, I, I do it for me. I, I contribute, I write LinkedIn articles and I contribute posts and I always give myself a time limit and I am never allowed more than an hour for any blog posts because we'll all edit ourselves into oblivion. So find your people and find the, and that's why even I tell people your goals don't even have to be specific. When you post your goals for the week, you could say do five things or write 20 pages or do X number of outreaches. It can be totally vague, but you're sending it out into the universe and there are people me uh with the the twitter chat too it's every week is what was your biggest win and what are your goals for the week there are people there and it's really funny because there are very few people who are in both my twitter and facebook community because you have to find 
your best way, but to find your people and to outsource and to not do all of the things. I think I think I'm having Annie rants. You're welcome. So before we go, I need all of you to bestow a goal on the audience. Now, this can be something that you want to do more of or better, or it could just be just. It can be a goal that you think will help others do combat self-sabotage. And should we start with you, Annie? Sure. Uh, and this is a goal for the viewers or a goal for me or both? And any and all of the above. So it can be a goal for something that you also want to do. Perfect. Or it can be a goal that's just something that has worked for you that you think would be helpful to others. Here's my version. I'm going to invite five people into my membership this week. Full invite, no dithering, undeniable invite. And my goal that I would impose on all of you who are watching, whether you're in corporate and selling for somebody else, or whether you're in a small business and you're selling for yourself, cross the finish line of the ask three times this week. Don't shy away from it. Bulldoze on through the ask and see how it feels and respond accordingly. So in, in dev speak, I love that. And that's a great, and you and I have a conversation scheduled for later in the week. So don't think I'm not going to ask you about your five because I totally will. But if you're listening, watching, whatever you're doing, whether you are a writer, a creative, an entrepreneur, you have a side hustle, whatever it is, do three asks this week to benefit your business. Does that work? That's your Three asks this week. Excellent. And that's great because it's not self-sabotage when you put yourself out there and you ask for the business. Wonderful. Dara, what goal is good for you? The one thing that I want to leave you with uh, is really to ask you a question and say, what behavior are you normalizing? And start asking yourself that question so that you can really kind of get to the root of, you know, how are you self-sabotaging and what are the consequences that are arising from your self-sabotage? But first you have to realize that you're doing it in the first place. So what behavior are you normalizing? That's the question that I have for your audience. And so the goal from Tara is to ask yourself what behavior are you normalizing and then get rid of it because you can't get rid of it unless you know what it is. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Excellent. MJ, what goal do you have for us? So I'll start with an ask as well. I'm inviting everyone to visit badassblackgirl.com. And my, um, I have a seven-day challenge for everyone listening. Say no this week. Practice saying no once every day this week. So for seven days, even if it's a little request, a bigger request, practice saying no to one thing every day. Love it. That's fantastic. I'm going to amp up your goal. I think, yes, say no once every day this week and then make it a habit and make sure you're saying no at least three times a week, like 
in perpetuity. Because if you look at your life and what you can take on, chances are you're taking on, on the regular, you're taking on way too many things. So get in the habit of saying no. And by doing it once a day for seven days, it's going to jump start your your self-awareness, your self-realization, and your being better to yourself. I said it funny, but you all know what I'm talking about. So, Annie, where can people find you? Well, uh, you can go to my website, which is AnniePRuggles.com to find out more about the Non-Sleazy Sales Academy and how it can support you in your business. But I would also super love it if you would go check out my podcast, Too Legitimate to Quit, Instantly Actionable Small Business Strategies with a Pop Culture Spin, which Deb is going to be on soon. And we're talking about Allie McBeal. Spoiler! That podcast is available wherever the heck you listen to podcasts. Excellent. And MJ, Tara, anything else you want to tell people where they can find you or are we good? Um, in addition to the website, badassblackgirl.com, if you're on Instagram, you can um, get to me there too. My handle is at badassblackgirlbooks. So I'm looking forward to staying in touch with everyone. Wonderful. And Tara, they can find you on. So um, you can find me. My website is burnout to bless the number two. So it's burnout to bless the number two.com. And the easiest place to find me is either on LinkedIn under Tara Reinbold or on Facebook under Tara Reinbold. And I also have a podcast. It's uh, called the burnout to bless podcast. Fantastic. Well, thank you all so much uh, for joining today. And just before we wrap, if you want to learn more about the Deb Method and how you can figure out what you want so you can get what you want, go to thedebmethod.com. And if you need a little bit more help figuring out your goals, grab your copy of your goal guide at um, Amazon or your favorite place to buy books. So Ladies, final quick thought to Hera. Ooh. Well, I, I would say the final thought that I have for people is once you start to get in tune with yourself and, and what it is that you truly want out of life, not what others want for you, not what you should do, once you start to get in tune with that, it's going to be a much easier process to get over self-sabotage. It's going to be a much easier process to identify what your long-term goals are. So ultimately you can reach, you know, true happiness. You can reach um, that if you've had it once, you can, you can get back there. You just have to start by getting um, back into self-discovery and, and know it, who it is that you are. So I guess that's my, last fleeting thought and mj your final thought set boundaries set boundaries for yourself for others that, that's the key excellent and annie take us home final thought embarrassment sucks but you won't die the world is not good enough without your voice in it so push on through Thank you all so much to Hera, MJ, Annie for sharing your thoughts, experience, and 
and great advice on self-sabotage. Thank you all for listening, watching. Again, I'm Deborah Eckerling, and join me every Sunday night for Gold Chat Twitter Chat and Mondays for Gold Chat Live on Facebook and LinkedIn. In the meantime, you don't have to self-sabotage. You get to have the life you want. So go on out there, go for it. Thanks for listening to The Dev Show. If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Need more inspiration and motivation? Connect with me on LinkedIn, follow at The Dev Method on social media, and check out thedevmethod.com. Best of luck with your goals, and remember, you can do it. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.